a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Have you completely dedicated every part of yourself to And I said, well, what's the answer? And she says, that's the trouble. The answer is always no. I said, well, let's ask the question a different way. Has Jesus given everything for you? Has he dedicated his whole life to you? Has he invited you into his heart? And the answer to that is a glorious and gracious and conscious, freeing, comforting yes. Uh, only then we, we hear the gospel, that Jesus Christ came to earth, uh, was born of a Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life uh, in our place, and died the death that we deserved, took on the full wrath of God. All that was done for us so that we could be called righteous and holy in the eyes of God. That's not going to help with the who wants to date a seminarian hotline right there. <laughs> Time for another edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, and here with my co-host, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. All right. Hey, I've got a question for you. Yes, I'm do, ready. Do you typically take naps on Sunday afternoons? Um... Yeah, I typically want to, but it never really works out that way. <laughs> um, Oftentimes, my four children have different ideas. Oh. <laughs> well, being the single guy that I am, I uh, I re- make regular use. I, I take naps on Sunday afternoons religiously. And um, we had, I had kind of a, a big weekend. Uh, I had took these college students camping and then just a really big Sunday. And so I, I laid down for a nap about 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon. And I woke up about 7.30 when you called me. <laughs> oh, man. And then I couldn't sleep last night. I'm, I'm kind of nocturnal now, so I I stayed up all night to like 5 a.m. working on Table Talk Radio stuff. So <laughs> so this should be a better-than-average show, yeah, We would hope. seeing as you've done some show prep. <laughs> For the first time ever. Well, uh, let's see what's on the on the list then. We're going to be responding to our listeners playing <clears> – <throat> excuse me, playing uh, bumper sticker theology. You know, right. a few weeks ago you – uh, said that the the listener response line was uh, the, the hotline to report your your bumper stickers as you're driving around. You know, like on on the interstate when when uh, you see those signs for help, dial five one one or something like that. We have our Table Talk Radio emergency bumper sticker theology line <laughs> at eight six six eight five one five five two three, and uh, one of our listeners made use of that. So we're doing some bumper sticker theology this the right. first segment. And then uh, the long-awaited praise song cruncher for yeah. everyone's uh, favorite uh, <laughs> praise song, uh, Shine Jesus Shine. We've had like three or four different requests for us to crunch Shine Jesus Shine. The and messages were getting coercive, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> if you guys don't crunch Shine Jesus Shine, then whatever. And then so we're going to crunch that sucker. Right. And then also yeah. we had a request for... Awesome God. So this would be an awesome show. And then ending up with CACA, the casual apologetics conversation game. So pretty oh yeah, pretty right. good lineup for Table Talk Radio today. I and, think so. And let's kick it off then uh, listening to our listeners. Hi, guys. I wanted to make sure this was not the seminarian uh, dating hotline, but <laughs> report uh, bumper sticker hotline. This is Bob from Florida. And in my truck today, I've seen uh, a couple good bumper stickers. Uh, one, uh, if it ain't King James, it ain't Bible. 
The second one was Heaven or Hell, it's your choice. And the uh, ever-present coexist bumper sticker. They weren't all on the same car, by the way. <laughs> you guys have a great day. Thanks a lot. Bye. Oh, that's great. So, okay, so this same person evidently thinks that King James is the only you know, the only Bible to use and that Heaven and Hell is, is your choice. Oh, and by the way, we should all coexist. No, I think he said they weren't on the same car, right? I thought he said I they think, were. I think uh, you have to rewind and listen. I think it's because that okay. would be nutty. Okay. Uh, if it ain't KJV, it ain't the Bible, and coexist on the same car, that is. <laughs> I mean, maybe the husband and wife have this agreement. You get the left side of the bumper, <laughs> I get the right side. And it's some, uh, you know, King James only Southern Baptist type, and then, uh, <laughs> and then some sort of hippie wife. Well, okay, I, I'm going to go listen to that later. I thought he said they were. Okay, so let's talk about this. King James Version is the only translation of the Bible to use. What Have you heard of this before? Yes, it's a strange sort of thing. Uh, I do have a preference for the King James and the New King James um, myself, just because of the uh, the text that stands behind them. There's there's different texts behind the King James Version and uh, behind most of the other modern translations. And I just prefer it for that reason. But, but to say that it's the only uh, 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 Bible that you can use is strange. Yeah, do you know the argument that's behind it? I mean, there's a lot of arguments that the King James only crowd uses. Um, not really. I mean, I've heard them say this: that uh, while King James version is the Word of God, other translations contain the Word of God. Uh, yes, uh, it's a strange sort of thing. Uh, here I've, I've just looked it up, and apparently there's five versions of this argument. Uh, I like it best, the textual argument, the received text only, which is probably, I, I like the received text, but I don't think that's the only one we can use. The inspired KJV group, uh, who believe that God uh, divinely inspired the translators of the King James Version, and, um, uh, and those who say that it's a new revelation. These are all a bit kind of strange. You know, uh, perhaps there's this desire, though, for us to have a text in front of us in the English, which we can say uh, is the same as the autograph. It's, it has the same sort of characteristic as the words that the prophets and the apostles wrote down, and we'd like to have that. But we uh, uh, we can't ignore, I mean, that really ignores the fact that the prophets and the apostles were true men who lived in history. And uh, and they wrote down, it doesn't mean that they weren't completely 100% rightly inspired, but that means that the text themselves that they wrote down uh, had to survive in history. We know that the Lord preserved his, his texts, his scripture, in a marvelous sort of way. But we also can acknowledge that when you have one Bible that's over here in this side of the world and another text that's over here on the other side of the world, and they come from about the same time, and they've got a couple different tenses on the words, uh, that someone uh, miscopied a page. Well, that doesn't trouble our faith at all. Yeah. Um, I've, I've also you know, been told that the... 1611 edition of the King James Bible is a lot different than what we have today. And so I would I would venture to ask someone of a King James only type of, of which King James is the inspired version. Yeah. Um, well there there was a 1611 and then it got uh revised there pretty quickly with some typos and things like that okay. itself. So, um I mean I think in the original it said uh you shall commit adultery. Is that right? Really? <laughs> Whoops. That's a pretty uh, big typo. <laughs> Now, could you briefly go talk about the the different texts that they use? Yeah, this is kind of a heady topic. So, uh, oh, well. but there, 
there's uh, two different schools. Uh, the King James Version is a translation of the majority text, which is, or sometimes what's called the received text, which is a late medieval manuscript, uh, especially of the Greek New Testament. Uh, and and it was used as an, in the translation. I, I don't remember the textual history behind the received text. I think uh, Erasmus was uh, doing some work with it, and then it kind of goes through 100 years, and then pow, they say, this is what we're going to use. Uh, the and, and so the King James is a translation of this one text. All the other uh, Bible translations, ESV, NIV, um, what are some of the other ones? RSV, NASB, are, are translations of what's called the critical text. And this is a text that's been changing and growing for the last uh, 200 years. But, uh, but the point is that they, they gather all the textual evidence that they can and then and then critically analyzed all the differences and put it together in one text. So it's kind of a, um, well, it's kind of a, 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 a patchwork quilt, uh, a piece here and a piece there, all put together. So, uh, so the King James and the New King James are translations of one Greek text, and all the other ones are translations of a of a text that's been pieced together critically. All right, all right. Um, so <laughs> the, these next bumper stickers, uh, Heaven and Hell, it's your choice. Uh, this is obviously laying the, uh, the the will of man. We've talked about this several times in the show, that um, that uh, in our relationship before God, making ourselves right before God, we have no free will. In fact, we are totally dependent upon God uh, for our salvation. And then we've talked about the, the coexist bumper sticker, that, that this idea that, that all religions should be happy with one another and coexist. And, and we think that's fine in, in the sense of we shouldn't have, you know, inflict violence upon other religions. Um, but but uh, but that we don't uh, recognize other gods. So so that would that would require then us to then say that all gods are equally the same. All religions uh, are uh, have have a point to them to uh, find God and all this stuff. But no, uh, Christianity says that Jesus is the the only way to heaven, and that's the message we must proclaim. So we have we have another uh, another message from Bob about some more bumper stickers he saw on the road. Hey guys, this is Bob from uh, Pensacola, Florida, calling again. Uh, driving the truck today and uh, just passed a pickup truck that had three bumper stickers on it. One that said, Jesus saves. Another one that said, Behold, now is the day of salvation. And a third one uh, said, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And I think that was from First Peter, but the reference was kind of small. Anyway, I appreciate listening to your uh, uh, comments on the on the different verses that people choose to display on their cars. So have a blessed day. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are about out of time. Let's. Uh, I'd go to this break and we'll come back responding to these last three bumper stickers before we get into Praise Song Cruncher. Don't forget to visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. There's forums, articles, all kinds of great things on there. So go to tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back for some Praise Song Cruncher. If we can't coexist, coexist with the hearts Do the bumper stickers on your car Say a lot, a lot about who you are or who you're not Do the bumper stickers on your car Say a lot, a lot about who you are or who you're not Do, 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 do,
Bible Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. some praise song crunching in just a little bit um i forgot to do the uh theological buzzwords so once again we're down to three segments to get our buzzwords in and uh pastor the the theological buzzword i have for you is immutability oh. and this is the attribute of god that we use and we talk about that god does not change yeah very good very greek of you and my theological buzzword for you seeing as that you haven't gotten a buzzword and i think the past Four Whatever. or five shows. That's not true. I thought of the easiest one possible. Jesus? You ready? That's right, Jesus. Really? Your theological buzzword is Jesus. All right. Uh, Jesus, by the way, is the name for the Son of God. <laughs> to give the definition. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, here, we can actually define the word. Remember the angel says to, uh, uh, to Joseph, name the child Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So it's a combination of two Hebrew words. Uh, Yah, uh, or Yeh, which is the abbreviation of the divine name, the Lord, and Sus, uh, which means saves. And then uh, uh, the angel tells Joseph what Jesus will save us from, our sins, and who will save his people. So Jesus uh, means he will save us from our sins. God saves his people. And so that's who who Jesus is, the second person of the Trinity who saves us from our sins. All right, very good. Now we have these last three bumper stickers we need to talk about. I um, really hope, by the way, you get this buzzword. The, the first <laughs> bumper sticker says, Jesus saves. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Natural. I'll give you a full 500 points. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, Jesus but, saves. So there you go. We, we have Jesus saves. Behold, now is a day of salvation. But this last one, I, I'm most interested in your your comments um it said what shall the end be of them that obeyed not the gospel of god and that is a, a reference of first peter i think 417 um so uh what do you what do you think pastor what do you think of these these bumper stickers ah, the, these bumper stickers kind of bring up the topic of um is it good to have christian bumper stickers <laughs> Because, I mean, it, these are all true. I mean, Jesus does save, and and the Scripture d- does say now is the day of salvation. Um, and also, it asks the question, what shall be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? What it means, by the way, to not obey the gospel, it means not to have faith in the Lord's promise. Um, and so, uh, I mean, but what does it... Is it particularly helpful to have it as a bumper sticker? I just have a difficult time seeing someone driving down the road, and they're going to see this text. What will be the end of those who obey not the gospel? And and then they begin searching their own conscience to determine what will happen, and then they say, boy, I better obey the gospel then and believe in Jesus. I, I, you know, it's just kind of a strange, a strange thing to think about. I mean, I don't know. You have thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it'd be much better if everybody just uh, got a Table Talk Radio bumper sticker uh, from our website at tabletalkradio.org and clicked on the store link. Um, and there you can get a Table Talk Radio bumper sticker. And just put it right over your bumper sticker that says, you know, things like, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Just Table Talk Radio right over it. Right over it. Yeah, it's certainly law. Remember, we have this dictum that if it's a question, it's law. It's yeah. just about near impossible to have a, a gospel 
um, a gospel question? I mean, you can, but it's hard. It's You can hardly do it. So this, uh, what shall be the end of those? This is a law bumper yeah. sticker. Yeah, so so the question comes, you want to have law or gospel on your bumper? <laughs> but this, you have Jesus saves, that's, that's gospel, gospel, but it's yeah. not quite enough because what does he save us from, you know? I mean, does he save us from getting athlete's foot <laughs> or what? Yeah, you never know. Okay, well, let's do some, uh, since I'm getting a headache from talking about bumper sticker theology, let's do some praise song crunching. Yeah, oh, that'll, yeah, that'll save headache. me. <laughs> <laughs> but we had numerous requests for us to uh, crunch the praise song Shine, Jesus, shine. So here it is. criteria we use to discerning the usefulness of praise songs is the praise song cruncher authored by a pastor wolf miller and it's found in our website tabletalkradio.org under the articles section and the first question is is jesus mentioned yes no if yes in name or concept uh you're only going to get 500 points for your buzzword oh no i get 500 points per use (laughs) about a million points (laughs) um Yes, Jesus is mentioned, of course. In fact, right there in the title of the song, Shine, Jesus, Shine. Fair enough. Okay, question number two, clarity. Is the song clear? Does it use sentences with subject, verb, and object, or sentence fragments? So this is on a, a scale from one to ten. Ten very clear or one obscure? Um, well, let's see. Here's some of the lyrics. Shine, Jesus, shine. That's a sentence, I guess. It's a what's it called when it's a command imperative? Imperative, yeah. Needing no no uh, object. Uh, G- Jesus, you shine. Uh, so we're commanding Jesus to shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Okay, um, that's another command. Uh, blaze, Spirit, blaze. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. I don't know what that means now that I'm looking at the words. You, so you say, shine Jesus, blaze spirit, flow river. Who Who's this river? Hmm. Is this a fourth person of the Trinity? <laughs> well, we haven't really you addressed the Jesus. Father yet, have we? Well, let's see. Father was around here. Uh, oh, yeah. Fill the land with the Father's glory. Oh, you're right. You're right. So you have the Father, Jesus, the Spirit, and the river. Although I notice river isn't capitalized. What is this river business? Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. So now that makes sense. Uh, This river business doesn't. 
Lord, I come to your awesome presence from the shadows and to your radiance. By, by the blood, I may enter your brightness. That's kind of an allusion to Hebrews. Search me, try me, consume all my darkness. Shine on me, shine on me. I'm not sure if that's the law or gospel. As we gaze on your kingly brightness. I'm going to put this, because I can sort out about one-third of these, I'm going to put it about a 6.67 on the clarity. So Okay, so 10 being very clear, you put it at a 6.67. Oh, oh, no, no, sorry, the other way. 3.33. Okay, 3.33. So it's, it's That means very, 33% very clear. Okay. <laughs> Mysticism, subjectivity versus objectivity. Is the oh, song yeah, about yeah. the things Ooh, that God boy. has done, objective, or about my own emotions and experiences, subjective? Does the song repeat the same phrases over and over in hypnotic mantra? Mantra, well, sorry. Th- there is some repetition here. Uh, shine, 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 shine. And then... Uh, Shine on me and shine on me and etc. But this is yeah, this is very subjective because what apparently you are asking Jesus to do, what what you're commanding him to do here is to shine, shine, <laughs> blaze, flow, flood, fill, let there be light. Uh, it's all about me. So he's shining on my heart from the shadows into your radiance. I, I'm coming into your awesome presence. Presence talk is just instantly an indication of mysticism ever changing from glory so our faces display your likeness as we gaze on your kingly brightness that's kind of a moses second corinthians reference there um but it's but it's obviously not literal objective right because do do does your face uh shine up to where you have to wear a cloth when you leave the service no so ever changing from glory to glory this is also going to be very mystical then high on the mystical content i'm going to say What's high out? Ten or one? Uh, ten is objective. One is subjective. So let's put this on a two for subjectivity. All right. Yeah, you should have you should have reversed this so a high number would be highly mystic. I know. Imperfections. This this is the original manuscript of the praise song cruncher. Yeah, that's right. The textus receptus of the <laughs> the received text. <laughs> okay. Let's look at number four: law and gospel. This question asks, does the, law, does the song proclaim the law in its sternness and the gospel in its sweetness? The gospel, by the way, is the promise for the forgiveness of sins won, by, uh, won for us through Jesus' death on the cross. There's another 500 points. Are law and gospel rightly divided and not mixed up? Is the law presented as something that we can do, or does it show us our sins? And lastly, is the gospel conditional based on my actions, decisions, and acceptance? So it's yes, no, or I can't tell. Well, here's a little law. I found some law in here. It says, uh, from the shadows into your radiance, search me, try me, consume all my darkness. So if I, ha- if I have darkness that needs consuming, some kind of leftover darkness, uh, that must be law. We'll see if we can find some gospel over the break here and uh, see if we can <laughs> We'll try hard to find some gospel during this break. <laughs> we are crunching uh, the, this praise song shine jesus shine we're gonna continue to do so right after this break don't go away for more table talk radio after this and your favorite praise song crunching don't go in
Table Talk Radio. Giving away 100 million Table Talk Radio points by 2017. Shine, Jesus, Shine is a song we're crunching for Table Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is everyone's favorite theological game show. Yeah. And uh, we're crunching Shine, Jesus, Shine, and we've made it to the question, uh, law and or gospel, and uh, we identified the law, and now we're looking for the gospel. Pastor, during that break, did you find any gospel in Shine, Jesus, Shine? Well, I was looking here, um, so no. <laughs> well, what about this? Uh, the second verse after the chorus by the blood, I may enter your brightness. Yeah, that, that's true. And the mention of the blood of Jesus as the way into the uh, Holy of Holies. Um, it, it's funny that it says, it doesn't say by your blood. By the blood. Uh, by the blood. Maybe, but I guess the. Uh, maybe it was the lamb's blood in the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, that's just. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is a, uh, one of the psalms for the temple, for the tabernacle. If we had Table Tech Radio bingo, that would be one of the key words for Wolf Miller. Psalms. <laughs> bingo. Only. Uh I guess that's about as close as it I mean that it mentions the blood of Jesus and for to get blood you have to have a hole in you. Uh and so the cross is implied, I guess. Uh ah, Lord, I come into your awesome presence. What is this word awesome and its awesome. dominance in praise songs? I thought that was your favorite word, awesome. It is. I'm maybe I'm jealous of the praise songs. <laughs> well, there's something that's. I guess that's uh, kind of. Uh, here, here's the whole thing. Lord, I come to your awesome presence from the shadows into your radiance. By the blood, I may enter your brightness. Search me, try me, consume all my darkness. Shine on me, shine on me. So it's it, it's an odd thing. Is um uh, the, the odd thing is this whole song is a prayer to Jesus and the Spirit and the river to do things. But then when it gets down to the gospel part, it's I, I now I'm doing the work. Lord, I come to your awesome presence. I mean, what a kind of weird sort of thing. And, and doesn't that, you know, all? why doesn't it stick with this whole prayer theme, bossing Jesus around and say, Lord, bring me into your presence. Take me from the shadows to your radiance. Give me your blood so that I enter your brightness. But it doesn't. It switches to where now I'm the one doing the work. So, I don't know. Law and gospel, I think, is present but poorly divided. What's what's our answer for that? Yes, no, or I can't tell. Uh, we need a fourth answer is uh, present and confused. <laughs> well, then wouldn't the answer just be no? Because well, okay, your question right. is, are they rightly divided and not mixed up? That's right. No, they are mixed up. So the answer is no. All right. And then number five, is there any explicit false teaching? Well, as if you if you don't want the river to be the fourth person of the Trinity. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, that, that might be false teaching. <laughs> I think that counts as false teaching, yes. Uh, the Lord of your light, in the midst of the darkness shining, Jesus, light of the world shining. Yeah. yeah. I mean, confusion of law and gospel, adding a fourth person of the Trinity— so let's say yes, false doctrine on this sucker. All right, yes. Okay, now we have another one to crunch. We, we This one comes to us from Caleb in Overland Park, Kansas. Um, and he, he writes to you, In your apology of the praise song cruncher, 
this comment caught your attention. So he quotes you, and I went and found the audio clips. This is what you said. We think about what uh, when someone like a Buddhist or someone is that in what my voice sounds like? Talks about <laughs> meditating, and they're rolling. Uh, they're they're just saying the same thing kind of over and over and over and over, uh, and it kind of has this hypnotic effect. Uh, the same sort of thing that praise music has this when you have the same thing over and over. Now, some would say, hey, look, there's a re- repetition in the Bible. For example, uh, you have is a Psalm 136, which after every line says, uh, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And then after each line, it comes back and says, and his mercy endures forever, and his mercy endures forever. But but the point of that is, uh, that's a psalm where the, the, the cantor or the singer of the psalm is recounting all the different things that the Lord is doing, and the people are responding, his mercy endures forever, uh, so that it's actually changing as it repeats the same thing, so that it's not exactly the same as a praise song. If a praise song, every time it went through, changed a line and then had the same, it would be different, but it, it, it doesn't have that characteristic because they want to keep it simple enough to where you can memorize it uh, after singing it through once, uh, this sort of thing. So, Okay, so that's what you said. And then Caleb writes, I would like to draw your attention to a praise song that does indeed have exactly this characteristic. This song was often sung in a, in a Baptist church I attended years ago. Since becoming a Lutheran, I have discovered that Lutherans love to pick on this particular song, which they wrongly believe is mindlessly repetitive. I cringe every time I encounter this because this is actually one of the better praise songs out there. It's not without flaws, but if more praise songs were like this one, contemporary worship advocates would be on much firmer ground. So in the interest of setting the record straight, I would love to hear you put Awesome God by Rich Mullins through the praise song cruncher. I've included the lyrics below for your convenience. Okay, so let's listen to Awesome God by Rich Mullins. Putting on the Ritz There's thunder in his footsteps And lightning in his fists And the Lord wasn't joking When he kicked him out of Eden It wasn't for no reason That he shed his blood His return is very close And so you better be believing That our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God And so uh, Caleb in Overland Park, Kansas, says um, that when, when he sang this at the Baptist Church, they'd sing it responsibly. So uh, the, I don't know, worship band or whatever would sing, when he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on, on the ritz, and then the congregation responds, our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. Our God is an awesome God. Okay, so um, let's, let's take a look at the praise song country. Is Jesus mentioned? Let's see here. Jesus, Jesus. That's another 500 points for you, by the way. You're up to about <laughs> 10,000. Um, no. Uh, maybe uh, it wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. 
Okay, so that's uh, yeah, that's a reference to Jesus. Sure. Now, uh, oddly enough, as I'm looking at the lyrics here, maybe this is just the website, but it says it wasn't for no reason that he, capital he H, shed his lowercase h blood. That's strange, isn't it? That's yeah. got to be a typo. I don't think we put a lot of stock in these lyrics websites. Yeah, probably not. So, uh, so God shedding his blood is Jesus. So he is mentioned by what do we call that? Inference. Okay. The next question is clarity. Is a song clear? Mm-hmm. Subjects, verbs, objects, sentences. Um, Not fragments. Y- yes, I think this is mostly sentences. Our God is an awesome God. Uh, the word "is" is pretty pre- uh, prevalent here. And when the sky was starless in the void of the night, he spoke into the darkness, created the light. Judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom. Mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. Uh, yes, this I think this is pretty clear. So what does that mean? Like an eight and a half? Yes, eight and a half. Um, and then mysticism. <laughs> what do you think about that, mysticism? Well, here we're looking uh, to see if uh, we're talking about the things that God has done to things that we do. It is talking about God. Um, there's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. That's describing him. Um, we, we should talk about that later. Um, and then, you know, mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope we have not too quickly forgotten. That's talking about us, but um, only after it talks about what the cross. It's, I think it's mostly talking about things that God has done. I think so, too. So this song also is doing it so far so good. Now, when we get to law and gospel, I think it might begin to crumble. But so far, I think this is pretty objective. Okay, then let's look at law and gospel. <clears throat> so we, we got to do uh, – there. It is. there's some repetition and things there. So, I mean, knock it down a little bit. But so put, like a, again, like a seven and a half or something on that one. On mysticism? On mysticism. Okay, seven now, and a half. Uh, so far, so good. But let's do the law gospel. The law is there and the gospel is there, right? It, right. The Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. I think that's a kind of classic line. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. Now, let's just take out the double negative and say he shed his blood for a reason. That is... Um, Gospel? Gospel. His return is very close, so you better be believing. (laughs) I think that's that's law. Yeah, that's right. So this is uh, see what what happens is in this song is you get the law and then you get the gospel and then you get the the law again. You better believe this, or you're gonna be in trouble. Okay, now what what about this? Is this law or gospel? Our God is an awesome God. Law. Okay, why? Uh, because what God does with His awesomeness, with His power, with His strength, is He condemns us. It's when He comes as a meek God and a humble God that He comes to save us. Uh, so the awesomeness of God, unless we say, hey, look, this is pretty awesome that he destroys the devil when he dies on the cross. I mean, that's where his power is made manifest in weakness. Um, but when we just speak of the kind of the, the strong biceps of God, uh, we're talking law. Okay. Now, and look at this here. Mer- judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom. Law. Mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. Gospel. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten. See? So it goes, law, gospel, now you better not forget. Back to the law. And God is awesome. Law. And our God is awesome. That's right. Okay. Well, we're going to finish up crunching Our God is an Awesome God by Rich Mullins. By request by Caleb from Overland Park, Kansas. You can send us your request to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Casual apologetics came right after this. Don't go away. Like this song. Like that song.
Table Talk Radio. For those who have tried everything else to get a good night's sleep. Just can't see why we disagree. We are playing everyone's favorite uh, casual apologetics. What is that game called? <laughs> casual apologetics conversation game. But first, we need to finish up with the praise song cruncher. We're talking about uh, Rich Mullen's song, Awesome God, or Our God is an Awesome God. And we've answered, uh, well, what was your final final response to this law gospel question, Pastor? Well, that it it does the same old kind of revivalistic trick. Is you do a little law, then you do a little gospel, and then you say, now you better believe this. Uh, now you better not forget it. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. So that this is a kind of fear of God song, really. Uh, it does not offer the comfort of the gospel, uh, except accidentally. <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> do you like the accidental gospel, which is the reason why most people are Christians? <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, the Lord works through mysterious ways. <laughs> that's right. But um, so this is law and gospel is confounded in this in this hymn. Okay, so no is the answer. Yeah. No. And then, is there any explicit false teaching? Um. No. Although, I, I, what do you think about this this language? I, I kind of like it. Uh, when he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> like the, he's not just showing his jazz hands there, bud. Uh, I kind of like that. You can use that in your sermon on Sunday. I think I will. I think I will. <laughs> no, I think the teaching is fine. Okay. All right. Well, there I you mean, go. Except for this confusion of law and gospel. So. So this one did better than Shiny to Shine, but but still not probably good enough. Not good enough. Okay. All right, it's time for the casual apologetics conversation game. Yes. And uh, this is a, a game we invented for no particular reason, um, but we, we like it, so we're going to keep playing it. But this is where we uh, talk about uh, a conversation that might come up when you're, when you're you know, around, uh, I don't know, wherever you'd like to go in Aurora, Colorado, McDonald's at the Red Box uh, line. And you, and you start talking to someone, and then we talk about what worldview or what uh, religion, what, what theology this person uh, possesses, he has. And then we talk about how would you then approach talking about this person, uh, or to this person, I should say. Okay, so that's how the game works. And since you're still working on yours, Pastor, I'll give you mine first. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right, so there you are. Um, I know, I won't use the McDonald's playpen because I think that's where you met the, the that prophet, right? Yes. So we'll go somewhere That's, else. Wasn't a, no, it wasn't a prophet. It was an apostle. Oh, sorry, apostle. Sorry. I met the apostle. The, the, the apostle. Who owned a gun the, shop. Who owned a gun and knife store <laughs> in the McDonald's playground in somewhere in Utah. That was a weird one. <laughs> okay, so uh, where are you? You're at, uh, you're at Toys R Us. Yep. And, that uh, makes sense. It's, it's standing in line to check out, and, and you see... Uh, someone in front of you has this this iron bracelet around around their wrist, and uh, you you know just kind of know, hey, that's a, that's a neat bracelet. And this person says, uh, "Well, this is actually one of the five articles of faith that I have. Um, this bracelet is a reminder for me to do the will of God." Um, and then, she, well, what's what's another article uh, of faith? And you say, "Oh, my." This, uh, this person says, "Oh, my long hair. My long hair is also an article of of, of faith." Um, and it's a, a sign of, of uh, completeness and, and, and saintliness. 
<laughs> that is weird. You were right when you said you were going to stump me with this one. <laughs> Uh, now, so I don't know what this religion is. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll respond to it though. Um, there's five articles of faith. What if I said, well, so the your five your articles of faith are you do the will of God, you have to have long hair. What else? Okay, well, it, it's when it's talking about the articles of faith, it's talking actually about the, the the things they must have with them. So the first one is the long hair. The second one is is um, that they have this this comb with them, and it represents cleanliness. And so the, they've they've got this 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 long hair they got to take care of right, and so with this with this special comb which is one of the articles of faith they they uh, groom themselves twice a day in the morning and then before evening prayer. Um, the third one is is the iron bracelet, and uh, or I'll, I'll even give you a little bit more information about the bracelet. It's a sign between uh, them and the the bond between them and Guru. And uh, the fourth one is uh, long underwear. This is a boxer-like underwear that uh, goes down to the knees, and it's a sign of modesty, and it's a reminder that uh, they are supposed to control their sexual desires. And the last but not least is this little dagger that they have, and it's a sign of fearlessness and righteousness, but it's only used as a last resort and only in uh, the line of self-defense. So there are the five articles of faith of this particular religion. That's a strange one. It's not the Hare Krishnas, is it? No. Um... Uh, who, okay, so tell me who. Uh, <laughs> this is weird. This is Sikhism. Oh, this, I've got no idea. You always see the Sikhs on the list of world religions, and you wonder, <laughs> are there any of these guys around? <laughs> yeah, they're supposedly like, what, the eighth largest religion or something like that, but... Where do they all live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from what I... Is it, isn't this an offshoot of, of Buddhism? I don't Is have any right? idea. Oh, I don't man. have any idea. See, but d- here, we can still have a conversation because <laughs> okay. now I have this thesis that all you have to know to speak with someone, whoever it is, is the law and the gospel. Uh, and so even if you just know this little bit about this person, you can you can still uh, speak uh, the Lord's uh, the Lord's word. Um, you know, this maybe I would t- try to take the conversation this way. I'd say, hey, uh, there was a guy in the Old Testament who had um, who had a bunch of long hair. Uh, he was, and they, this was one of the marks of being a Nazarene. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, and no. they probably haven't. Uh, his <laughs> name was Samson, and he had this incredible strength. But when um, his girlfriend Delilah came and cut his hair short. Uh, then he lost all his power, but as it grew back, he he then uh, got his strength back and was able to uh, to to tear down this temple. And he himself was killed uh, in in service to his to, to the people Israel. Uh, it's sort of been the doom of girlfriends ever since. <laughs> There's this great little co- Christian uh, this comedy guy who has this song. Hey there, Delilah. Oh, you took too much off the side. <laughs> That's great, uh, but but now how do you connect that to Jesus? Say, look at the amazing thing is that our Lord too, Jesus, he uh, apparently had a beard that was torn out, uh, but he was willing to submit to this shame, to this death on the cross, uh, to having his hair pulled out and everything stripped away from him. He he didn't cover his shame, but stood naked on the cross. He didn't have any long undies. Uh, or, or long hair, or any dagger to protect him. He's completely weak and and uh, and defenseless uh, in in his death for us for our sins. So that Christianity stands. Uh, the the reminder of our holiness is that God, uh, ha- in the flesh, had everything stripped from him. He had nothing to to keep him 
from from God's wrath, and that's what he suffered for us. All right, very good. So even though you, you knew nothing about Sikhism, uh, we're able to, to at least bring the gospel to, to someone of, of, of such a religion. Or try. Yeah, okay. I like, by the way, uh, um, this – do you know um, Alvin, Alvin Schmidt, Dr. Alvin Schmidt, who, who writes, he always makes this distinction between calling them faiths and calling them religions. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there is but one there one faith, and that's the holy Christian faith. And so we shouldn't refer to these other other religions as as faith. They're not faith, but religion. So I uh, I slip sometimes, but I try to correct myself when I when I when I do that. So religions. So what uh, what entry do you have for me in the casual apologetics conversation game? Well, say you're sitting on the bus. <laughs> Are you riding the bus around campus there? No, I should though. I did one time when my my car broke down. I had to take the bus around. So, and there, and you sit down next to someone, and they're reading a book, and you look over, and you see that the book is uh, Sam Harris, Letter to a Christian Nation, and you say to them, "Hey, I've heard about this uh, that book. Uh, do you what do you think about it?" And, and and the person says, "Oh, this is just really amazing. I really love it." For example, here, look what. Uh, Look what this paragraph says. If we're going to take the God of the Bible seriously, we should admit that he never gives us freedom to follow the commandments uh, we like and neglect the rest. Nor does he tell us that we can relax the penalties he has imposed for breaking them. If you think it would be impossible to improve upon the Ten Commandments as a statement of morality, you really owe it to yourself to read some other scriptures. Okay, very good. Um, Okay, so if this person is reading... Sam Harris. Sam Harris is among the so-called new atheists, and and as we've talked about it before on the show, the new atheists are just interested in, in trying to make uh, religion uh, look as if it's dangerous and we should avoid it. Whereas the old atheists are just said hey, it's wrong, ignore it. Um, so there's a big difference between the two. Um, but uh, this is an intriguing thing that that Sam Harris says, and so he he's criticizing these uh, Christians or religious types that say that um, oh. People just pick and choose what what rules they want to obey from 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 the Bible, um, and and Sam Harris, you can't do that. And that's true. I, I would say to this person, you know, it's true that we that we can't pick and choose. In fact, we we are enabled of of keeping these commandments, and therefore uh, we we must rely upon upon Jesus. If, if if we look to the cross, and this person has undoubtedly heard about uh, Jesus suffering on the cross. The reason he did that is because we couldn't keep those commandments. If you want to see what what uh, God's law does, well, look look at look at the cross. Because at the cross, Jesus uh, died, and he did that for us, and and gives us uh, salvation uh, to us today uh, through his word. And so um, that's what I'd say. We have about thirty seconds here, Pastor. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, we should let the atheist be right whenever they talk about how mean God is, uh, because they want to bring this out, and we can say, yeah, that's true. But all that meanness was directed towards Jesus uh, so that it wouldn't be poured out on you. That's right. Well, that's it for Table Talk Radio. And, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> okay, thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like sacraments in the Methodist Church, purely symbolic. <laughs> that, that never gets old, does it? No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening. 
and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. Evan wins 500 to zero.